1: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Charles Schwab Challenge. Final bets, DraftKings ownership, the weather, and of course, the viewer chat. If you're watching this after the fact, hit the time codes. They'll all be in there so you can jump around to wherever you want. I mean, live chat will just say live chat, so that could really be anything based on what people say, but just pound those into the YouTube feed right now and we'll be good. Remember to smash the like button to the video, subscribe to Mayo Media Network, And, uh, yeah, I guess that's all you really need to do today besides becoming a member at FantasyNational.com. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo gets you 20% off, build all your lineups, use the head-to-head tool, ownership projections, the simulator, it's all up there. The U.S. Open is coming up very, very quickly. If you didn't get in last week, you still get the 20% off by FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Listeners League link is full. I'll probably have a newsletter coming out this evening. It's free to subscribe to the newsletter. You can find that in the description of the video and pod. Don't know if I'll get around to it. It's my wife's birthday tomorrow, so I don't know if we're celebrating tonight or tomorrow if we celebrate tonight. Probably won't get it out, not going to lie to you. Nah, Not worth it for me uh, to be in that kind of shit going forward uh, by not doing it. So uh, hopefully I'll have something put together for you with the best stats of the week, links to all the articles, all the shows, ownership, updated projections, and everything of that sort. Because there's a lot of good content, not only for me, circulating around the interwebs as of this week. I want to jump into my picks, though. Uh, probably a bunch of losers, because that's all I do on this show is give out losing wagers but I tried to scale back a little. I didn't play any first-round leaders. I didn't play any top 20s. I'm just trying to narrow back down. Let's try to hit some winners. Didn't even play a bunch of each-ways. Just bomb each-ways. And I got sucked into two guys that I would just feel bad if I didn't have money on them and they won. So they made the FOMO list. But what I got right now, Connors, Neiman, Hoffman. Those are the three that I gave out on Monday. 28-1, to 40-1, 55-1. Neiman and Hoffman's numbers have been beat down. So it's not only just me who are on these guys this week. So a lot of value has been beaten out of those numbers if you didn't grab them on Monday. I still like them to win. There's a reason that I'm betting them. But the two that I found that I didn't expect to have because when they opened this week, they were at 45 to 1 and 50 to 1. But I did bet Billy Horschel and Jason Kokrak. I got them both at 65 to 1. You search around hard enough, you're gonna find those numbers as well. I just think those numbers are too big for a tournament like this, to tell you the truth. So I jumped in on those as well. From beyond a to one Mav McNeely Henrik Stenson Michael Thompson 150 200 to one 200 to one both with the top five each way or all three of them with the top five each way on those if you just want to play those like top 20 bets that's probably the more sensible move but hey I'm here to win big if I'm gonna win at all I'm not gonna win so I might as well at least try to I'd rather strike out swinging than strike out looking put it that way two FOMO Betsy Kim 90 to one with the top five each way and my guy the Gim Reaper, 125 to 1 with the top 5 each way. It wouldn't be right if he entered the winner's circle slipping on the plaid jacket, and I wasn't there to cash a bet on him at 125 to 1. Uh, the stats are still telling me that Doug Gim is good outside of putting. So maybe he'll learn how to putt this week. Wouldn't that be terrific news for everyone? Uh, European tour. You can go watch for the maiden Denmark show. It's the maiden something or other, but it's the maiden Denmark. It's in Denmark. Uh, Sky and Tom gave out their bets. I watched the show. I failed some of their bets. So I got Guido or Guy Guido forty-five to one. Keep it in Italia with Molinari. Eddie Molinari one hundred to one with the top five each way. And David Horsey, Cam's boy. <laughs> Hundred and forty to one has won this event in the past as a runner-up finish as well. One hundred and forty to one with the top five each way. Uh, one and done. I got Connors, Jeff Scott, Justin Thomas, and Cust has Abraham. Answer the Mexican, Alan Iverson. I also played some fun PGA Euro each way doubles. Not every site offers these, but if you do have a site that offers them, they're just kind of fun uh, to put together. You bet 50 cents on the outright, 50 cents on the each way, and you're off. I actually had a pretty decent each way version of this. So I think the total bet cost $54 with the amount of players that I played this week. Last time around, I think it was like $36, but Molinari came inside the No, Guido came inside the top five. And Kazire, pretty deep odds came in at the top five. That 50 cent each way by itself, just because they both came inside the top five, ended up paying, I think it was like a dollars seventy-one dollars. Now all of a sudden you get two guys who win. It's like 10K. So you know I'm trying to like dig up here as I try to get out of the hole for this golf betting season. But I got Connors, Neiman, connor's neiman i thought i threw morikawa onto that list too now i have to go look this up to see if i actually included morikawa this will be in the if i do release the newsletter this is the sort of stuff that'll be in it so you can just visualize it rather than relying on me to give out stupid ideas for some stuff did i have morikawa on it i guess is my question i do have morikawa on it because i really like morikawa this week but i bet too many guys previously that i didn't i didn't have the money to go down to 14 to 1 uh instead i just added Kokrak, and Billy Ho, and Stenson, and Thompson. And I still had money left over for the amount of money that I would have to wager on 14-1 to to get the same sort of payout with all those guys. So Morikawa, Connors, Neiman Hoffman, Billy Ho, Kokrak, McNeely, Stenson, and Thompson combined parlayed with the each-way top five with Guido, Scrivener, Molinari, Moeller, Horsey, and someone named Helligekild, H-E-L-L-I-G-K, I-L-D-E. Shout out to my guy, Jeppe, who I know just got back to Copenhagen. Uh, Maybe I can text him later. He can give me the phonetic way to pronounce that name, but there is zero chance that that is going to happen for me. So those are the six Euro guys. Uh, They're all super deep odds. So if one of those guys, I mean, scrivener and guido are 45 to one but the other guys are 100 to one and beyond If one of them finishes inside the top five and even morikawa finishes inside the top five it's going to be a pretty decent week you know you have two guys from one tour one guy from another and he's a long shot all of a sudden you start seeing the money pile up so i actually find these bets kind of fun and it's a pretty low investment you can play it as a 10 cent double a 25 cent double it's not a large investment and it should keep you going throughout the weekend because you just have so many guys you know two of them gonna play well right Weather Report. I put this in the chat already. If you're looking for it on windfinder.com, it is the Fort Worth Tower. There's a couple around there, but the course is right next to Fort Worth Zoo. This is the closest tower to the zoo that I could find. So that's what we're dealing with. It's been pretty rainy in Fort Worth uh, Monday and Tuesday. So it could be softer conditions, although it does look it's going to heat up. The average temperature somewhere in like the mid-70s, breaching into the low 80s for most of the week. But what we do see on Thursday uh, is pretty sustained wind and wind gusts. And this starts as early as 7 a.m. in the morning. And it goes all the way through to like 7 p.m. in the evening. The highest wind gust you're going to find is like 24 mile per hour. And the tricky part is that's when the winds are actually at its lowest constant speed at like 10 to 11 miles per hour. So there's a huge gap between the gust and the consistent wind. Sometimes that poses more problems for players than you might think. Now, later on in the afternoon, you're going to get a sustained 15 to 16 mile per hour wind with gusts up to 23 and 24. There's less of a gap there. So at least you, when you adjust once, it's not a huge overcompensation. If the Wind really does pick up because it's not going to be as big of a difference uh, between the top end and the low end speed that you're constantly dealing with. I actually played for the first time in 18 months. Actually, not 18 months. I played last summer with Jeff. Whatever day Derwin James broke his leg, I was playing golf with Jeff. He also gave me like three puffs of whatever weed he was smoking, and it basically knocked me out for three holes. Wasn't expecting that. Wasn't expecting it to be so tough. I gave him smoking weed like seven years ago, so it just, boom, hit me in the face. Just like the sun hit me in the face yesterday. Wasn't that much of a sunny Day, but we played yesterday. The winds were pretty constant around, like, 18 to 20 miles per hour with gusts up to 30. So I have, like, between a cloudy day UV burn and massive wind burn everywhere. I uh, forgot how hard it is. I mean, I I moved back to where I'm from, so I grew up playing these conditions. But after being away for, like, you know, a decade and a bit, uh, coming back to them and trying to play golf again, it's like, oh, my God, I totally forgot that you can smash a five iron into this wind and it'll go, like, 120 yards because... That's just what the wind's going to do to your ball if you're not like great playing in the wind. Friday is the interesting part with the weather because it's, it looks like it's going to rain just a little bit overnight, making it softer conditions in the morning. And there are wind gusts up to 17 during the morning, but a constant speed around 7 in the afternoon. Low gusts, low average temperature that the course could dry, theoretically dry out in the afternoon. So you'd be probably looking for like an AM PM split, although the, if the wind gusts don't pick up in the morning, like 7 to noon, that the PM AM wave. May have an advantage here if the rain comes overnight that you could just be dealing with very soft conditions in the morning. And if the wind gusts don't get up to like 20, which they're predicted for right now, and I wouldn't rely too much on the weather report for a Friday as we sit here on a Wednesday afternoon. However, if there is that rain overnight, the first guys on the course who played the PM wave on Thursday could really be looking good and really pinsaw stocking uh, if the winds die down. So it, it's really kind of a crapshoot when we're dealing with the weather. Although it looks like we're going to get rain overnight again on Friday, windy and gusty conditions in the morning on Saturday, and then pretty flat uh, overall during Sunday. Kind of windy, but not so much. So the first day it looks like the worst when it comes to the wind. Uh, one of the reasons I didn't play any first-round leaders this week. DraftKings ownership, if you 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 go over to fantasynational.com, use slash mail. You can find all of the real-time ownership projections as more people enter their data. I actually haven't generated my lineups yet uh, because I'm still just kind of waiting. I got behind this week just a little bit. Uh, But right now, what we're looking at in terms of people actually generating lineups, this is from 10,000 lineups generated so far. Expect that number to be like 25,000, 30,000 by the time that Wednesday evening comes along. So a huge, a lot more data will get entered into the system. But Morikawa, Answer, Connor, Spieth, and Hoffman are looking like your top three right now. From the lower ends, you got Kirk and Werner. They could be pushing like 15-ish percent. Uh, And then Brian Harmon, Matt Wallace, Daniel Berger, Cameron Tringali. I don't know how this is really going to translate, but because I talked about it with Ulrich on the DK show. I've seen other people mention his name. It's not a secret that's out there. Amongst the public, it would be a secret, but amongst people who play golf week in and week out on DraftKings, they know all about Vince Whaley at $6,200. People who have generated lineups have found them in their lineups around 11% of the time. We've projected out that ownership to be around 9%, but that might be just among members of FantasyNational.com. Once you add in the overall public, who I guarantee you doesn't have a fucking clue who this guy is, I mean, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup looking at him. I see the name, I see the numbers, I see nine straight cuts, and I'm like, 6200 bucks. it seems pretty good. So... I think that people will play him. I don't, I'm don't. i kind of fuzzy on where the actual ownership ends up because I do think this week, just looking how everything plays out, it seems like there's going to be one of two builds that goes through this week. Because Justin Thomas is weirdly coming in at like 10% ownership. Could be a nice week to jump on JT as he projects to be the lowest owned player above $10,000. Actually, the lowest owned player basically from Neiman up. It's Scheffler and Thomas are the two who look like they're going to provide you the most leverage if you don't want to use Gary Woodland, who does project to be the lowest owned player from $8,700 and up at around 7% with him. So he is a nice pivot play here in the middle. Sungjae also shaping up to be a bit of a pivot play as well. But if you want to go like Thomas and even Finau is not super highly, i like Finau and Thomas, Finau and Scheffler as your start. Uh, you can take the chalk all the way down the board and your lineup is way different than everyone else's. But what it looks like to me is that people are either starting with Spieth or Morikawa and working, working their way down. They're not using two of those guys. I mean, some are, obviously. But most people are not using two of those guys in their lineups. They're using one of them and a $9,000 guy and essentially Charlie Hoffman, Matt Wallace, or Brian Herman as their next guy in. And they're filling up the rest of the roster with Chris Kirk, Matt Kucher, Grio Snediger, people in that range. Harold Verner uh, seems to be popping up a lot as the last man in. Or if you do play the superstars and scrubs way, which I don't think is going to be a massive move this week, and I've discussed this at length already, but top 65 in ties with a field of 121 players, five of those guys are probably dead to begin with because they're not making the cut, you're going to have like 60% of the field make the cut. So if you did want to jam in Spieth and Thomas, or Thomas and Morikawa, or Reed and Berger, Reed and Spieth, some combination of those two of the guys above $10,000... I mean, Denny McCarthy is 6,300 bucks. Whaley is 6,200 bucks. You just put those two with those two or whoever you like from the bottom, whether it be Lahiri or Duffner, whoever the favorite sleepers are this week. Like you have money in the middle that if you wanted to pay up for like Corey Connors or you wanted to pay up for Charlie Hoffman or Brian Harmon, I mean, you still have enough money to have a good six man in and that too. If you trust two people in the $6,000 area, especially from $6,600 and below, you can make a Stars and Scrubs team no problem this week. And I do think that is going to be the contrarian way to build. Just very few people, even like if I have Spieth and... Morikawa is the two highest-owned guys above $10,000. I do think that there are going to be very few people who actually put those two together in a lineup and then work their way down. I mean, you're going to give up some upside with the guys that you have at the bottom, but if you just wanted to make that, let's say you play 20 teams, that's your start for all of them, Spieth and Morikawa. I mean, I think you could random shuffle everything at the bottom and just take a list of like... 12 guys in the $6,000 area and mix and match them uh, with those two guys at the top and then fill out, you know, the meat of the sandwich with maybe some higher low nine guy, one high eight guy, one mid seven guy, one low seven guy and just have a bank of like two or three of them if that was the way that you wanted to play. Maybe Justin Thomas and Patrick Reed are your jam this week and I mean that's cheaper to do for one thing and you wouldn't have to go all the way to the bottom and make your third and fourth man in a lot better. I just don't think a lot of people are thinking about it from that sense this week. They saw the lineup that won last week and even this week like you have Anser and Scheffler and Connors and Neiman and Kokrak and Billy Ho and Hoffman. Like you can fit four of those guys into a lineup no problem and not hate your lineup while looking at it. So I think that people will take the path of least resistance with that one. Like expect to see a lot of answer, Connors, Neiman, Herman, Werner, Kirk. I don't know if that lineup completely works in the salary cap, but it's pretty close that like five of those guys in a lineup is probably going to be the move for a lot of people this week. So at least that's how I see the ownership breaking down if you want to play the six most popular guys and leave a hundred dollars on the table you're probably going to be unique anyway so i wouldn't really worry about it that much but if you are looking for leverage kind of like brooks and cantlay last week for me the leverage plays on the board right now justin thomas for sure woodland m and scheffler would be the next tier down i actually think i like sung jay the best of those rose coming in pretty devalued now as well and then you have this like mid $8,000 pocket between Streelman, Na, Phil, and Palmer, and just no one is using those guys. Maybe Streelman cracks 10%, but I would doubt that the other guys breach 7%, and you're probably looking at 5, 4, 3%. For some pretty good names, considering Mickelson just won a major, Kevin Na won this tournament two years ago, and has already won at a comp course so far this season, and this is Ryan Palmer's home course, and he has a bunch of top 10s here. No one wants those guys, because they need to have Brian Herman and Cameron Tringali and Matt Wallace and Charlie Hoffman in their lineup. So that's an actual leverage spot. If you wanted to completely fade Harman, Wallace, Tringali and Hoffman, I mean, I'm playing Hoffman. Uh, I'm, Hoffman's the only one of those four that I'm going to play. But if you just wanted to play sh- divvy up your Hoffman shares into Phil Na and Palmer and, you're still not even going to get close to the charlie hoffman percentage between those three guys so though that is another leverage point that i see on this board if you have the guts to take it uh i'm currently not playing any of them but i might work that in depending on the builds that i end up going with lucy nicotine is a company founded by caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative finally tobacco alternatives that don't suck Research and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that come in three flavors. Wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. I like the pomegranate from the ones I've had so far. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine in cherry ice flavor, also, Tastes really great. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, on the golf course, even at the gym. If that's something that you're into, uh, that's not so much for me. But at the golf course, that is perfect. So I'm not having a cig per hole. I just have a lozenge per hole. Actually, not even per hole, at least per my experience. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes. Unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some loosey nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has the delivery down. The Pat Mayo Experience listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code MAYO to get 20% off your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code MAYO at checkout. M-A-Y-O. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning! This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code Mayo at checkout. Let's jump into the live chat and see what the peoples are talking about today. Hey, Pat, love the content. What do you think will be the contrarian build this week? Stars and Scrubs? Andy, reading my mind. Just went over that, so I hope that worked for you. Thoughts on Bramlett. He did well last tournament in Texas and rob bolton has him on his sleepers picks list I yeah, don't really care too much who he does or doesn't have on his sleepers list. this is a pat mayo show uh not really scanning the internet for other people's picks Bramlett's what's fine i i'd probably like him at a course where distance matters a lot but if he can continue to putt as well as he's putt on bent grass greens this could be a good opportunity for him not really my bag uh, to play so i'm gonna take a pass on that Thoughts on Garnett as the last guy in. I think that you can find someone better than Bryce Garnett at this point. Uh, he kind of has the courses where he plays well, and that's about it. Uh, I don't know really how he's done in his career at this course. I imagine not well because he didn't immediately pop out as someone I wanted to go to. Favorite play sixty seven hundred dollars and below this week. I believe that was the question. Let's see. Yeah, sixty eight hundred dollars and below. Who do I have start here? Hoagie and Stenson at sixty eight and sixty seven. Michael Thompson at 66, Duffner 66, McCarthy 63, and Whaley at 62. I don't want to get too hyped for Henrik Stenson or Michael Thompson. I did bet them both at 200 to one, and I think they're all, I think Stenson's odds have cratered a bit, but the two things that he's doing really well really play at Colonial. He's still hitting a ton of fairways, and the irons have started to come back. He's not putting well; that can flip. He's not chipping well, and the off the tee game, besides the accuracy, is lacking. Those two things don't really mean much at Colonial if you're in contention. If you're having a bad week, obviously. They make a huge difference. If you're driving into the woods or something, then you're going to miss the cut. However, with the things that he is excelling at at the moment, which line up historically with what he's really good at, I do think that he is probably the highest upside gamble you can take in this. Duffner, if he can putt, I mean, watch out because the ball striking has been really good. And again, he's a fairways and irons type player. If he can just get the putter rolling, which he has not shown any indication of doing, sixty six hundred dollars is a really good price for Jason Duffner this week. Let's keep going. Think Justin Rose will be a legit contender this week, or do you see him more as a top twenty bet? I, I mean, I'm not going to bet Justin Rose, who's like twenty five to one, as a top twenty. I'm a, I'm not super in the business of playing like even money top twenties. The only thing to know about Justin Rose, it's really hard to figure out where he's at right now. Because his performance the PGA Championship, you look at the leaderboard, hey, that's pretty good. He lapped the field in putting a week ago. He gained, I believe, 11 strokes putting. Um, that's not going to happen probably any other week of his career. The ball striking was not good. And at his peak, what you're looking for from Justin Rose is immaculate ball striking and hope that the putter comes along for the ride. Now, the ball striking had been pretty good previous to that, and the putting was bad, and it just kind of mirrored itself. It went in the inverse last week. So he could most definitely get the ball striking back. I don't know if it—I don't—he can most definitely contend. He's not for me this week. Put it that way what exact place do you think neiman finishes this week don't worry i smash that like button all of you should smash the like button out there as well neiman how about first place that'd be fine probably t7 though that would be my guess any interest in putnam he has a third at this venue shows up in the par form proximity ranges from your key stats i mean i didn't pop up for me but maybe i wasn't digging deep enough on old andrew putnam but let's see where is putnam I don't know why that isn't sorting for me, but okay. Putnam, $6,600. I can get behind it. The putter is really good. The chipping is really good. The driving and irons are uneven, to say the least. That's why he's $6,600. Tends to play well in Texas over time. Missed the cut on the number uh, in Houston. I believe he did make it at the Byron Nelson last week. Like you said, he's played well at this course. I just happen to like other guys in that range. I'm not anti-Putnam. I'm not for Putnam at the same time either. Hey, Pat and Paul hi jack smash the like loving all the golf content over here in the uk thinking spieth will bot botch his second win of the season i think that's notch second weekend season also badly in need of a big cuss corner i have a cuss corner in the bag right now actually i was thinking about releasing it maybe next week but i got some football stuff i need to do i'm gonna have sports cheetah on tomorrow's show so remember even if you don't we'll probably talk a bit about uh the new game that is up for the big match. Brady and Phil versus Bryson and Aaron Rodgers. So, we'll probably talk a bit about that, probably about the Brooks and Bryson stuff anyway. We have some NFL futures that we want to talk through, plus an update on the NBA playoffs. That is Preston's bread and butter. So, that's going to be a highly entertaining show. Preston's one of the best guests that I have on in the betting market. So, please go support that show. You don't give a shit about the content. You need to keep the numbers up, keep the downloads up, and everything going. Uh, but I do have a cuss corner that was recorded probably two months ago at this point. It's in the old studio. It's going to be weird that, you know, Jeff and I are in studio together. Cust is on the line uh, i've just been saving that for a day that i might need it and maybe i'm getting the vaccine like a, tomorrow so like i get put my ass from the vaccine not anticipating that that uh, maybe i'll have to release a cuss corner <laughs> pat love the shows thanks for constantly grinding for us any leans on reed versus burger and thoughts on the founder of basketball uh, as put out by pga tour splits 101 Matthew Neesmith, the grandson of the inventor of basketball, puts really well on grass versus all other surfaces. So that's an interesting note. He kind of fits that, like, he's like the homeless version Sam Burns of someone we really liked earlier on in the season, and it's kind of faded out of our consciousness a little bit that if he was to rebound here. It wouldn't be super shocking. Good putting surface for him. The ball striking obviously has been very good for Matthew Smith. I don't really have a lean on Reed versus Berger. I'm not playing either of them, I don't think, because I don't have a great feel for them. I like more a lot I like Spieth a lot I'm going to use those two and that's not to say that Thomas Reed and Daniel Berger aren't far behind those guys it's just I have a good feeling about those two guys I think they really stand out in the rest of them I mean they're the top players in the field they can most definitely win I don't think any of them are gonna miss the cut one of them probably will miss the cut because it's golf but I don't have a specific lean on any of them Keep up the grind, Pat. You're the best. McNeely or Matt Jones? The answer should be Matt Jones, but you know I'm playing my guy, Matt McNeely. I'm all in on Matt McNeely this week. Any love for Tringali is an outright 66 to one. Good form and played well at the PGA Championship until he blew up. Well, I don't know if that's good form when you shoot like 10 over on three holes. Uh, I'm just out on Tringali this week. He's probably a good play to go back to, but it's not like people are avoiding Tringali. I I'd probably want more than 66 to one to tell you the truth. Tom Jacobs. Oh, Tom, host of European Tour. Picks and bets as the Maiden Himmerland. That's the name of the European tour event. I was calling it the Maiden Denmark, but that is the move. Billy Ho, Zalatoris, or the Mexican Allen Iverson. I like Billy Ho's value this week versus those guys. I think objectively, I like Zalatoris the best. Then I answer then Horschel, but I don't think that Horschel is more than two and a half times behind these guys in terms of betting odds. So that's why I went with Billy Horschel. Hey, bet! Great stuff as always. Thanks for tuning in, Greg. What are your thoughts on the now non-existent Greenbrier as a corollary course? I know Naw and Neiman both won there. Sure, I can get behind that. Those were pure bent grass greens. Obviously not the same. Uh, not the same style, of course, but it is a course where almost anyone can go compete. That's more of a birdie fest than anything else. Then, like, Colonial can play pretty difficult, especially if the wind is up. Uh, but now these feature really small greens green briars were a little bit bigger i don't think it's a direct corollary but for putting surfaces if you're looking for bent and maybe around the green work it's something you can go look into if you want and hey if neiman wins we're in the money when it comes down to it right knox or matt wallace matt wallace ironic that the gim reaper kills you most weeks i think you need to ditch him for scott stallings i mean the gim reaper killed me once Essentially, I think that's what it turned into. People just get mad that he don't, that he doesn't win, and that his putting takes him out of tournaments. But the ball striking has been so good, and he's really strung together some really good turns. Let's see, he has back-to-back miscuts, Valspar and Byron Nelson. Um, the Byron Nelson was the first time he lost strokes on approach since the Sony Open back in january the second tournament of the year he actually missed a cut at the genesis 2 and the honda mixed in but like 33rd 40 44th 29th 36th 21st 37th 5th and this is all without putting a lick whatsoever so i do see that the underlying numbers are there for him like he has this sort of skill set because the putting has been so bad that he can have a good ball striking week and miss the cut. But if he does have a good ball striking week and he does putt, he does appear to me like a player that will churn out like a top five, no problem, a la Corey Connors. He's actually shaping up to be very Corey Connors-esque, but Corey Connors right now is a more elite ball striker, obviously. And the putting has been better for Corey Connors. So that's why you're seeing these elite, elite finishes from him. Bad field, good field, it doesn't make a difference. If Gim can figure out the putter, and although it's a very small sample, has putted better on grass than any other surface— over the course of his small, small career, that good ball striking week breaks even putting. Now you're looking at a top ten from a guy that everyone just wants to ditch because he's been pissing them off lately. Like that's usually a guy to stick with. That's why he's a FOMO bet. That's why Si Wu is always a FOMO bet for me. Just cause when he gets his game together, I do believe that his game is as good as anyone in most tournaments. And this is just the style, of course, where Si Wu tends to play really well. A shorter course, uh prey on some of these short par fours, make some putts, be on your way. I think the Gim can be another guy that falls into that area. As well. The one problem with the ownership with the game is anyone who runs projections, anyone who runs modeling, he's gonna be the near the top of the list just because his numbers are so good. I'm hoping it turns out. I forget who the guy was who kept jamming Von Taylor in every single week. And he finally did it at Pebble Beach the year, the week that Von Taylor won. And Von Taylor was like five percent owned or something like that, maybe even less. And he just shipped every single DraftKings contest because he was the one who I, I think it was was it Sal Sayu? can now i can't even remember who it was but there was one guy pro dfs player who just jammed in von taylor because anyone who ran a model von taylor would just pop every single week in the one week he actually made some putts he won and he was a huge odds no one owned him he was super cheap on DraftKings. so you just kind of have to stick with it judging this stuff on a very micro level can be very dangerous and i'm so guilty of doing that i don't have the cojones and i don't have the discipline not to do that but if you really zoom out One of the great things Colin Drew used to always preach to me about, and I never really forgot it, was golf is really difficult to figure out, DraftKings-wise at least, or even betting-wise, how you're actually doing and whether your process is working or not. Because if you hit two outright winners in a row, you got them right. Maybe you had a bad process behind that. I don't know. It can make you seem like you're really good at golf betting. And realistically, it's two isolated events. And when you think about something like why the DFS pros and the DraftKings pros tend to stick towards basketball and tend to stick towards baseball and even hockey for that matter is that they happen every single night and there's multiple slates every single night. So showdown would probably be a better test of skills so you could actually track how you're doing. But where you might be able to play, let's say, let's say you play 10 MLB slates per week. Over the course of a month, you might get in 45 to 50 MLB slates. So that's a pretty big sample. You don't even get... 40 total slates in a year of DraftKings Golf. It's once per week. And you have no idea until you look at, like, really zoom out and look at the macro view of how you're doing and how your process is going to really judge whether it's working or not. Like, you could run bad variance-wise, you could run really well variance-wise, and it could delude you into thinking you're really good at this, or kind of kick you in the nuts a few times when you're actually doing the right things, but you're not getting the re- desired results you want over the course of a month. A month feels like a really long time, but essentially, it's four events. It's not a big sample when it comes to golf, whatsoever so you have to manage your expectations and understand what you're actually looking for for a baseline for this stuff. So that's why I'm sticking with Gim uh, in this matter. Any love for Brian Stewart? Eh, probably not. Not for me, at least. Can't believe that Phil hasn't withdrew. I think you mean withdrawn. Surely he misses the cut this week. I, I'm not playing Phil, but I wouldn't put it past him to go out and like have another top five here. Rafa cabrera Bayo has been awful, however, has been good at Colonial and courses like Colonial. Has he? Has he been Jeff liked him this week? Cause he saw him make like seven birdies in a row. I mean, the only course I can remember Africa Brayabeo ever playing well is like TPC Southwind, which I do not think correlates with this at all. That's a really like long par 71 or par 70. I mean, Rafa's made two cuts, three cuts this year and two of them have been in Texas. So that's not bad. mean, Rafa just isn't playing well at all. Like there's no real pop courses for him. Genesis and WGC Mexico in 2020, before the hiatus, St. Jude at TPC, um, TPC, not River Highlands. I just had Southwind. So he's played well there a few times in his career. Arnold Palmer Invitational. Now, I actually don't think that correlates whatsoever because the courses that he's playing well tend to be a bit longer courses. If you include that he did well at Byron Nelson, which I think is just an easier course than this, and I don't know has much correlation to it. And still, he was like seven under through seven holes, and he finished T21. So not even really that great of a week now, is it? He gained two strokes on approach four around the greens for a guy who constantly loses around the greens. Seemed like kind of a lucky week from Rafa. Maybe I'm wrong. He's got all the skill back in the world, but doesn't really strike me that way. Not the sense that I get, at least. Damon missed five... Lost five strokes putting on Sunday. This is a good course for him, or is he just a play at coastal desert courses? Ah, on paper it should be a really good track for him he's not a big hitter he's very accurate and get really dialed in with the irons not a horrible putter by and large but yeah i do tend to just play him at coastal courses it's weird uh that's where he tends to do his best work desert courses as well is hot fire a good dk play dylan hot fire Fritelli. um i don't know he has those texas connections he can putt really well his short game is really good I just never really have a good sense of him whatsoever. He did win the John Deere Classic, which I do think is a corollary course to this, and maybe that's something to look for. Didn't make my list. Thoughts on Mackenzie Hughes this week? Pass. Do you like Reed M combo to start lineups? I don't hate it. It's not one that I'm using, but I can see why that's a good idea, so I don't hate it whatsoever. Love playing the best plays lineup. I think I've won money on those lineups each of the past two weeks on DK. How do you feel about Munoz this week? Statistically, Munoz actually rates out really well from the key proximity ranges that I'm looking at. I just haven't been able to get behind him recently. Maybe that is uh, something that I should amend for this week because by the numbers, he rates out well. Just can't get behind it. Adam Hadwin is is a bad golfer, but his historical strokes gained average and is a very good... Short game player. Sneaky play. Sure, if you think he's good, you use him. Think Doc Redmond continues the form he found at Byron Nelson. Nice pivot from HV3. I know uh, Jeff Ulrich was big on him. Uh, Not really my play. I I ended up going with Gim and someone else who I completely forget in that range now. Paul, the next question's for you. Do you have a favorite value play? The Todd Father Coming straight at you from Paul Shag. $7,100 is Paul's uh, sneaky play of the week. What a what an unique two-stars. You don't use an with the word unique. Uh, you put an when you're writing something out in front of the syllable that sounds like a vowel. Yeah, it's tricky to figure out. But that's what it is. What's a unique two-star lineup you wouldn't play? Brooks and Cantley last time. <laughs> I think I hit it off the top. I think JT and Scheffler uh, is the unique play that you want at the top. Uh, I don't have the guts to do it. Like I didn't have the guts for Brooks and Cantley, uh, but that's what I'm seeing by the numbers at least master's long sleeve is fire any interest in kazire this week yeah i'm back on kazire this week he's my guy i have a sip of water throat's going dry here no i like kazire i'm using him i think he's fine bet the opposite of pat's picks stay away from neiman and mcneely i don't know how you can really bet the opposite of my picks unless you just take head to heads versus those guys but i guess that might be a move what'd you say paul ban him. you want me to ban him for life are the people out there saying, ban this guy for life because he's a fucking asshole? Come on, Pat Show. I give you free content. You come on and make fun of poor Pat Baio. What are you doing? No, I'm going to let this guy go. If he says something else shitty, he's done. Ban for life. <laughs> Thoughts on Notorious RCB? I just kind of went over Rafa cabrera Bayo. Kim Davis has not been great at Colonial, but always comes out in the model. Should I fade him, or is he coming around enough? Man, I don't know. You're using the model. You should be able to figure this part out. You're asking me. I I, I don't, I would have told you about Cam Davis if I had interest in Cam Davis. Just sounds like you like guys. You should play the guys you like. Honest to God. you're. It sounds like you're really doing the research. If you got the faith in him, I don't. But if you do, I say go for it. He's popping in the model for you. That's why you're running these. Thank you for doing these chats every week. waiting and Stats, what number of rounds do you tend to have the most success with? Well, none would be the answer, but uh, past 24 is usually what I try to look at. 36, and it really depends on the stat as well. I kind of went over this on the Research Show, which you can go back and check out. Stats like... 350 to 400 yard par fours. You don't see a ton of those. So you have to have some context behind it. So I like to look at the longer term numbers from those. So I usually make a mixed condition model. So I'll wait that one at like past 100 rounds on that hole, where if I'm looking for approach and who's heating up, I might go like past six weeks in the mixed condition model for strokes gained approach or even proximity from the key range that I'm looking at as well and just try to mix those different different stats with what I perceive to be, you know, more data from one of them and i'll wait those in the short term and one where we have last data try to wait those out in the longer term and try to put them all together and see what it spits out i should do a better job of making those every single week but you know i get busy and lazy and sometimes i don't do it i just run the model like all right that's, that's what the guys are telling me perfect maybe i should make an amended version of this model where i do factor all that stuff in but I'm a lazy man from time to time. I get burnt out from doing the content, and then at like 9 o'clock at night, I don't feel like doing anything else. So that's uh, maybe that's why you get the membership of Fantasy National, and then you can, you can take advantage of all of that and really dig into it yourself if you'd like. Siwoo and the Gooch seem too cheap. Siwoo history is awful here, but any interest in either? Of course I have interest in Siwoo. It's me. Uh, the Gooch, yeah, maybe not. Any thoughts on Ortiz? It felt like at some point during the PGA championship, every single day, Carlos Ortiz was at some point four under, and then he'd just give it all back. I don't know what to make of him right now. I usually do like him on Texas courses. Really hadn't given much consideration to him this week, actually, but maybe low Mexican versus Answer. This feels, I don't, this either feels like Answer comes in second place or Answer misses the cut, like right on the number and screws over a bunch of people. I'm not playing him, but he's also Andercursed this week as Tim's one and done, so. There's a lot of stuff going on here with Abe Answer. Maybe low Mexican player, Carlos Ortiz. Uh, could be a decent wager with so much steam behind Abraham Answer at the moment, but he didn't really pop up on my radar. Both Gim and C Woo! in the lineups. Uh, yeah, they're definitely gonna be in there at some point. Uh I don't know what the exposure I ask, because I have not made them yet. Who's been Anderkursed? It is Mr. Abraham Answer. What did Cush shoot when you guys played yesterday? Cush shot 95. I shot 96. Uh, Not great. You know, it's a course where they had an LPGA event before, so it's not the easiest course going, and the wind just fucked with us all day. Uh, I actually was, I was, I lost the front nine. I made two triples and a quad. If we played match play, I think I won four up against him, but we didn't play match play, so I can't really take credit for it. I'm not cussed. I'm not going to take credit for that. Uh, we actually had, he put one OB on 18, and I was down two. And we ended up on the green from almost the exact similar length. If I had made and he had missed, I actually would have won the match. We were about, he was, I was four feet away. He was three and a half feet away. I leapt out my four footer. Cuss made his three and a half footer. So if I had just made, we would have pushed. I missed. I lost by a stroke. So that sucked. Uh, It felt good to get back in the swing of things though. I've just played so infrequently over the past few years that my game has really gone to shit that it's one of those classic things where for a, four or five holes kind of rolling, getting the green speeds down, figuring out my irons again, figuring out all the lengths. And it was tough to do with so much wind just because you had to like double club up on almost every approach shot. And I, I had to put the driver in the bag at one point because I hit it OB on like three consecutive shots. And it wasn't even my driver that I was playing with. It was a friend's driver. So I couldn't even snap it over my fucking leg. So I was so fucking pissed off. But I pulled up this like stiff shaft three wood. It was just I was hitting it just as far as my driver because I was losing all my distance on my driver by just slicing it to the right. I was hitting this one straight and basically just still putting it out there like 220, but down the middle of the fairway. Once I started doing that, started playing a whole lot better. Turns out, your score gets better when you're not losing balls OB off the tee on back-to-back shots. Say so how you make triples and quads, as it turns out. Uh, but I did lose a ball in the rough. We couldn't figure out where it went uh, on, the 17, on the 16th hole, and that was really the end of my day. I had pulled back even with Cust, and then just one of those, like Bryson at the Masters. You put the ball in the rough, the rough is high. Four of us looked for it, couldn't find it, had to take an unplayable. It sucks, but them's the rules, and that's what happens. Who are the three Anderkerst players this week? This is not a major, so there's just one Anderkerst player. You'll have to follow him on Twitter to find out the rest of the Anderkerst players, like, midweek. But it's Abraham answer at the moment. If you had to pick between PGA Tour and Euro Tour for betting, which would you select? Do you believe there's better value on the European Tour? Can't really speak to that to tell you the truth because you'd think that would be a worse market. Maybe it, at an American only sports book, the Euro Tour does present better value, but I use international sites because I'm not American, I'm an international. So I have access to all. Not all the British books. Like, I can't trade on Betfair, but I use Bet365 for most of my bets, which is the largest sports book in the world internationally. Like, their Euro lines are pretty sharp, uh, just like their PGA lines. I mean, I would bet PGA because I just have more interest in the PGA. Although, now that my kids get up at 4 a.m., I have been watching more European tour. I'm not going to lie to you. What about Old Faithful Mickelson? Ah, Just, it's going to be tough for me. It feels like chasing this week for me. Got here late. Did you already discuss all the weather advantages? Yes, I did. That happens if you want to rewind to 621 in the show. I go over the weather forecast, and if you scroll up in the chat and rewind to that point, you'll see that I dropped that link in there as well to the Windfinder Tower that I am using this week. I'll probably include that in the newsletter. Maybe I'll even do up like a rinky-dink newsletter that just kind of has jot form points. I've been trying to put like a lot of effort into it, but then it takes me like two hours to write. And I'm like, why am, I making more, why am I making more work for myself when I could just put this into – it's the point of the newsletter. It's like jot – here are like just observations I've made here's a cheat sheet, here are links. Maybe that's good enough for the newsletter going forward. Major week might be a little bit different as it's like extra content, but it's completely free and you can sign up for it in the description of the video and pod. Thanks, Pat and Paul, for all of the work you guys both do. You guys are my stress busters. Now I can go a day, can't go a day without listening to the show. I wish more people were like you. Andrew, that you get a good laugh from us and, you know, puts a smile on your face for the rest of the day. Thank you for tuning in. If you are like Andrew, I suggest you smash the like button and subscribe to Mayo Media Network. I'm looking really forward to getting back into football full-time. I'm going to have to make a decision on what happens to this show in particular. Um, It's just really difficult to do. Like, if I upload... videos, it's not bad. Maybe this will stay a video-only show, and I won't upload it to the podcast feed. But then I feel bad because, you know, more people listen to the podcast feed than actually watch the videos. But if I put out two audio podcasts in one day, whichever one gets released first just gets buried. Uh, It doesn't get downloaded because people don't even see it sometimes. It doesn't even pop up on people's phones. So it's really like a waste of numbers for me when it comes to advertisers and things like that. I like to stick to one show per day unless there is some sort of an emergency. Uh, But video-wise, I think we could probably get away with that. Keep this and go football, not full-time, but like three days a week football, three days a week golf. And that will be the Pat Mayo experience, uh, six days a week coming at you. So if you could just support all of the shows and download all the shows when you see them, I might be able to keep the live chat along. I, I guess maybe I'll hear from you guys. You guys can tweet at me at the PME. Would you rather see the research show on Sundays continue to go, or would you like to see the live stats uh, live st- or the live chat show, and like this show come up because I can basically put this into a newsletter and maybe do like a twitter a m a or something like that if you guys have questions uh, or you can send them to an email and I can answer the best ones or something like that in the newsletter. maybe that could be a new facet, still trying to work a lot of this stuff out, but now that football is coming back around as much as I love golf, I do love football as well when we 're talking about. Where the new people come in to find the show, it's from football. It's not from golf. I appreciate everyone who watches for golf. I love doing golf. But uh, it's just a drop in the bucket compared to the new people that come to the channel and consume the content. Uh, for football so we got to cater to those people too plus i mean that's where i got my start was in football it wasn't golf uh and there's just a lot of people you know, who go back with me like 10 12 years who are just here for football tolerate the golf but they love the football almost like the inverse of the people watching right now who love the golf tolerate the football and the other shit that comes along uh anyone popping in paul's model this week it was the todd father pat i am so glad so glad that i will win the pme dk listeners league this week before you cussed me Thank you, Pat. Good luck. I'm in it, too. Maybe I'll win this week. Take that. It's already full, too. So thanks, everyone, for jumping in that. Love McNeely's putter this week. Actually gained with irons last week. Didn't play last week, but two weeks ago. Uh, However, any worries about his driver? Yeah, absolutely. But this isn't a huge, like, driving course. I just hit the fairways, and you're good to go. Thoughts on Whaley this week? Smash the like button. I'm using him. Uh, Went over Whaley at the very beginning of the show, starting around 9.52. Vince Whaley gets his discussion when I talk about him. Thoughts on Rory Sabatini, former winner. I'm taking a pass there. Having trouble eliminating guys in the 9 to 10K range. Do you have any fades in that range? Not good ones, because I think that you can make a very viable case For everyone, but these are the decisions that you have to make when it comes down to constructing your lineups. For me, I'm playing Connors, Neiman, Im, and Kokrak. Those are the only four guys in the fours that I'm doing. That means I'm fading Answer and Zalatoris and Finau and Scheffler. That doesn't feel good, and I know that I'm going to make a mistake with one of those. But which one? I couldn't really tell you. And I'm jumping off a lot of ownership that way. Although I'm still using guys that have a lot of ownership along with them, I'm getting away from a lot of the really chalky high-end guys as well. This Zalotaurus' week with his putting splits, isn't he worse on bent grass than everything else? Pretty sure that he is. And I wouldn't put too much into that because that means his Masters numbers are not in there, uh, mainly because uh, they have proprietary strokes gain numbers when it comes down to it. Uh, Overall, like, he's just not a good putter. Maybe this could be a good week for him. Uh, I wouldn't say just because it's on bent that it means it's any better whatsoever, though. Who are you high on that no one else is playing? Stanson? it feels so just icky being on Stenson and saying he's a good player. Yeah, per the numbers, uh, bent is Zalatoris's worst putting surface, losing 0.3 strokes per round. Poa would currently be his best, gaining 0.1 per round. But it's, it's a small sample for Zalatoris. He has so few stats um, that you know it's really hard to glean too much from those because he's a new player uh, by and large, especially stats wise. How about this? He's not a good putter, just in general. So. You know, it could be a week where he turns around with his putter. It's more likely that it's not a week where he turns it around from his putter. He was just on bent at the Byron Nelson. And he lost 4.3 strokes putting. He did gain at the Masters, though. So maybe that mitigates that. Then you look at that heritage where it was like partial Bermuda somewhat POA. He gained almost four. I don't really know what to make of that. So it's really hard to take away to extract too much. You want to make a case for it? Yeah, I'm sure you can find numbers that point in your way. I could look at it, too, and say that it's not good if you look at the overall scope of it already talked about this and will tell me to fuck off uh, any effort first round leader pick should have tuned out at the beginning fuck off i don't have any this week sleeping on sergio i'm always sleeping on sergio did you beat in golf nope smash the like button thoughts on poulter this week poulter is in my player pool this week has the studio migrated to casa mayo are you still going into the office now my current temp studio is here in my house <laughs> In my basement, I've been trying to find a new location to buy and build multiple sets and really blow out Mayo Media Network, but I have now lost on three consecutive pieces of real estate by getting outbid, and even when I went uh, $70,000 over asking, still lost out on a bid yesterday, which was an awesome location, so... Feels like shit. I'm going to get a place. I hope I have it ready in time for the NFL season to start. But then I will have an office with a much larger set with people back in the studio. But for the moment, I've tried to do the best to recreate what I was doing uh, in my old my old studio. We'll get screens put in behind me eventually. It's still, still a work in progress being in my basement. If you had a chance to be the starter and announce three golfers, who would you pick? Can you simulate how you would each announce? I don't give a shit about stuff like that. Take that to shows where you know they like to talk about that stuff instead of having to making picks on things, where they just talk around it and try to pick everybody. With wins and small greens, does that emphasize scrambling and short game? You'd think it would, but... I just don't think that scrambling is all that difficult around here. The scrambling percentage is very high at this course. Three putts are very low at this course, so I'm still de-emphasizing it a lot. And realistically, I do think that round one is really the only one where you're going to get into trouble from this. Has random cussisms rubbed off on you on any way? The other day, I called Diet Coke DC, and I randomly finding myself added the in front of places like the Olive Garden. Uh, No, it doesn't. Although, like, the, the problem is, and it's the same way how we got the name Cust, is that the Cust was something that one of our friends said after returning from, like, on vacation because people were saying it around there. He picked it up and just annoyed everyone to no end that it just, like, you got to stop saying this. But it really annoyed one of our friends to no end. Like, he would legit get triggered any time that this one guy said the word Cust. So in order to annoy that guy even more... We started saying the word Cust all the time just to fuck with him and make him really mad and make him leave places because that's the type of friends that we are. And then for whatever reason, like, "cuss" just meant, like, shitty. And then we just started calling Tim, Tim Cuss, and then just started calling him "cuss." It's one of those nicknames that just evolved over time. So there are certain things like saying DCs. We say it in a mocking way to cuss, but you do catch yourself saying it from time to time, too. That's usually how the language evolves when you're around your group of friends. And, you know, most people don't have a show that people watch where they also include their friends in it and have those weird colloquialisms mixed into it as well. So if you guys are picking up on it, too, I feel sorry for that. But, hey, it makes you feel like you're a part of our gang because that is how we actually talk to one another. Thoughts on Carlos Ortiz? Been over that. Is Spieth Morikawa build too popular in single entry? Don't think so. For a process, do you ever look at a guy drastically underperforming? their history on something like approach or especially putting and figure that guy has to improve. Or do you typically wait for the form. I try to get early on guys. Like there's nothing that really points to Maverick McNeely over two like very specific data points that I'm cherry picking. I'm just hoping I'm right with that analysis with Gim. I just feel like no one could putt this badly so long and the underlying numbers on ball striking work really well. So if he can just get lucky with the putter, I feel like I'm going to be in business. My friend, Carl, only plays the players you play and loses yeah that sounds about right i like carl though carl sounds like a good guy who supports the show and i mean if you've played with us long term over the past six years you're up money i can guarantee you that Uh, just not so much recently oh paul you're you're banning people from life out there before i can get to them yes racism no just idiots My wife. Nothing too personal. Nothing too personal. You, you no, I, I I don't want to see that because that will legit make me angry, and it makes me you. E- oh, are they now? Well, it legit makes me angry when people don't use you. You can see Pat Mayo. Pat Mayo is my real name. You can see my face, and I'm gonna have shitty opinions. You can come at me for those. You cowards that hide behind names out there. Feel bad for you. Tell you the truth, and just don't talk about my wife because I will do a reverse IP address now that you've listed this comment and potentially find out where you live? I mean, I don't know what I'm saying I'm going to do. Nothing is what I'm going to do. But, you know, I can access that information pretty easily if you're commenting in the chat. Put it that way. It's not too difficult to figure out. I am new to the Mayo universe. Does Andercust partake in the weed or the alcohol? I assume it's crack with his takes. Yeah, he is. He just has his crack pipe on him 24-7. He's just going, 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 going. So, yeah, a crack addict, to say the least. He's not, really. No weed, very rarely drinks. He's just a straight-edge type guy. Tuning in late. Sorry if I missed this. Need, to, need a big name to burn in the one and done. Who's your favorite from the top? Morikawa, then Spieth. Streelman, sneaky pick. I don't think he's really sneaking up on anyone. Straka, good last man in. Six straight cuts. Currently no real high finishes. He's not horrible, uh, to say the least. Uh, he's not going to make it for me. Pat, where and when can I get some Mayo Media merch? we Would like to have a ball for my golf ball display. See, woo! This week. God, there's a hat right there that might be one of two in existence. Um, so I don't know when the merch is coming. Grio first round leader Pat much love not playing any first round leaders this week actually that's not true I played one first round leader and this was a Josh I think it was a Josh no it might have been a Oh shit I accidentally logged out because I was logged in too long let's see if I can log in from my app figure it out that way what was the name of this idiot that I played first round leader on the corn fairy tour Patrick Flava Flavin 110 to 1 first round leader at the Evans Scholars Invitational sky had pointed out he had played really well on something like the outlaw tour or something has played well in illinois in the past why not threw 10 bucks on it 110 to 1 give me some money Flava flavin and we'll be good to go me and you will be solid for the rest of time who's your biggest rival in betting like finau for like finau for jeff i don't have that i don't i just i don't have rivals like that um sure people got vpns yeah i'm sure that they don't (laughs) (laughs) put <laughs> it that way if you're if you're someone who's coming on a like youtube chat to like talk about people nah, you don't have a vpn you're just probably a fucking loser uh and you just think that nothing applies to you that's the end of everything probably gonna ban you as well i don't like your name don't like your name at all started off as a football listener fell in love with both for golf thanks to both thank you James for tuning in. I'll give a one-minute warning for anyone else who wants to leave a question. If not, we shall wrap this up. I did tell you tomorrow we're going to have some future bets for the NFL, breaking down some win totals and player props, maybe talk some NBA playoffs with Preston Johnson at Sports Cheetah uh, because he's one of the better guests, like I said, that I have on all the time. Pat, my DraftKings name is Fran ZB, just telling you, telling you before winning your league. I like the confidence. It's pretty good. You're not going to win, though. Hate to tell you. Stupid name. Fran. It's a man's name. Fran? Give yourself a break. Francis. Lighten up Francis. Thoughts on Brooks and Bryson beef? I'll probably do that next week with Jeff. I don't really care. I think it's funny. I like Bryson. I like them both, but I really like Bryson. He's my guy. Uh, that will do it for me. Become a member at fantasynational.com. Today, fantasynational slash dot com slash mayo. There it is. Even if we're coming off a major, would this be a good joint in time? Fantasy National. Do you have a promo code? Of course it is. Every week is. These tournaments are generally more profitable than the majors, to tell you the truth. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Get you... 20% 20% off the lineup generator, the simulator, the head-to-head matchups, the ownership projections, any member, that, any membership that you get, the weekly, the monthly, or the yearly, it's all the same stuff. There's no tiered type of membership. If you're a weekly member, you get the same access as an annual member. It's just if you, you know, use it for 52 weeks on a weekly membership, you were just better off getting the annual one because it would have been cheaper for you. Uh, and If you get the monthly right now, it does take you through the U.S. Open, so there's that, too, if you want to get acclimated to the site. So fantasynational.com slash mayo. Smash like on the way out. Now we do have some some more questions. Do you think Kazire will be highly owned this week? Him or Knox? I don't think he'll be highly owned. I'll go with Kazire. Uh, Pat, keep it up. You're an OG. Underappreciated. I feel like I'm properly appreciated, to tell you the truth. People seem to like me enough, but not too many people. That's right in my wheelhouse for me. Uh, good luck to everyone out there this week. Sub to the channel, sub to the podcast, all that fun stuff, and uh, sub to the newsletter. Hopefully, I will get that out there tonight. I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time.